0: hi everybody and welcome back to episode 10 of the healthcare india podcast can't believe we've done 10 podcasts already so it's been a decade, and uh, i'm coming to you live from the health tech capital of india which is bangalore this is dr vikram Venkateshwaran, and uh, first of all apologies i could not record on sunday those of you who've been used to the sunday podcast Uh, would see the slight deviation and that was because today's podcast we were planning to cover the disease surveillance program and yesterday for some strange reason the data from our um, analytics site was not loading properly so we had to wait for this morning and now we have uh, all the data to discuss and I'm very excited to be on this podcast because uh, if you recall episode 7 I had talked about the digital disease surveillance program a pilot that we were doing uh, with the Institution of Engineers and Technologists, uh, IET. And this was supported by uh, Center for Health Research and Innovation, CHRI, as well as Siemens Healthy Healthineers. So we have a very mixed team of IET leaders, um, obviously healthcare leaders across uh, organizations like Philips uh, and IQVIA. Uh, which is Ajit uh, Ashok and Dr. Sumit Kart respectively and also me coming in from the Healthcare India perspective but also we have uh, technologists working from various organizations like Siemens Healthineers who've been a very supportive partner. So just to refresh your memory, uh, this is a pilot that we're going to run for a year. idea is to come up with a disease surveillance model that looks at publicly available data Uh, that we can use without uh, any concerns around privacy essentially what this means is any news items blogs social media data that is publicly available unstructured data we're going to analyze it we're going to convert that into insights and then eventually build a predictive model out of it the biggest challenge we're facing uh three months into the program into the pilot is uh, the number of the volume of data it's pretty much huge and i'm going to discuss that and the second thing is a lot of false positives that uh, show up in publicly available data so let me look uh, let me dive right in uh so we tracked almost uh, 96 000 conversations we're gonna to to hit a lack of conversations uh, since the beginning of the program And what we're getting is early signs that we're getting is that uh, a lot of the conversation in India is dominated by discussions around malaria. Uh, This is almost uh, 50 to 60% of the conversation. Not surprising considering that we've had a very intense heat wave uh, in March, April, May and June onwards we've been getting sporadic rains, So these are ideal conditions for malaria to thrive. Uh, About 30-35%, we're getting uh, conversations around dengue, and the least amount of conversations, which is less than 10%, is around chikungunya. So, these are the three top conditions that we are tracking. And among states, the ones that are doing um, having a lot of these conversations are uh, obviously the states up north where there's a lot of of heat and a lot of rain. Uttar Pradesh tops both in conversations on dengue and malaria, and Delhi follows closely. Maharashtra in the west is third. Rajasthan is fourth. Radhya Pradesh is fifth, followed by, you know, the other states. Then it it kind of goes into a long tail. But as we speak right now, these four or five states, dominant conversations around these disease conditions are happening here. Then obviously you have regional variations. Dengue is a bigger problem in Karnataka as compared to malaria, but malaria is a bigger problem in Gujarat and Chhattisgarh as compared to Karnataka. The southern states. I think we see a lot more dengue conversations after malaria because, uh, you know, we have this issue with the water stagnation. Uh, but in the Northern states and the Western and Eastern states, we still have concentrations around malaria, which is because of the foul water. So the difference between the two is the vector uh, for dengue mostly thrives in freshwater, but the one on malaria thrives in foul water. Now, interestingly, chikungunya, Delhi really remains the hotbed of chikungunya. It's always been the case, followed by Mumbai, Hyderabad, Lucknow, Bangalore or so That's pretty much an urban problem as compared to the rest of the, uh, the other two disease conditions. Uh, if you look at the conversations, um, and this is where false positives come in, we see spikes which are sporadic, and they happen because a national program has been launched. There was National Day for Tengu, National Malaria Day, and you see a huge spike at that time. But eventually it tapers off and then we end up uh, seeing um, a regular flow of information uh, and there is a lot of false positives here now i t- talked about a lack of data data sets of a, more than a lack but what is bothering me more than the volume of data is the number of false positives so if there's a national day for dengu and there's a spike on the number of dengue conversations it doesn't mean dengue is spreading so we have to kind of eliminate those data sets from our data set and that's what the engineers are working on to make sure that we get a clean pipeline of data and also we have to eliminate any um you know in twitter especially a lot of our conversations are coming from twitter and twitter we have this a very bad habit of retweeting uh some somebody says something and we just retweet it without any adding any content when we retweet something it kind of indicates that there is no real problem here. It's just that we want to increase amplification or awareness, which is fine. But for our pilot, it leads to a false positive because then we count it as two conversations instead of one. And uh, this also confuses the regional variation that we're trying to bring in. One of the things that we'll be doing in July, August, and September is to correlate our data with the regional data, what we're seeing on the ground. And right now, any kind of amplification or uh, a retweeting Uh, Adds to that confusion Uh, The other interesting part is uh, a lot of our data is coming from Twitter uh, and that's very interesting. So almost uh, I would say Around about 30 to 40 percent of our data is coming from Twitter and About the rest is scattered But the next biggest source of information which is the most credible information is news channels I mean, more credible than Twitter. I'm not saying it's the most credible anymore, but uh, a lot of news channels are using this uh, digital medium to talk about these conditions. And we see that Twitter uh, constitutes a bulk of the volume, but I would say it also constitutes a bulk of the junk. Um, So that's where the engineers are working on very hard to kind of cull out that data. Uh, My preference is to look at individual tweets from various areas. Uh, and then look at how we can correlate the data with the ground, which will be fantastic. From a location perspective, I think we've covered almost the length and breadth of India. Remember, in this pilot, we cover almost nine Indian languages. So any language um, which is uh, regional, the top nine, including English, we are covering those. And uh, then we have all these individuals, you know, from all the way, like we have content coming from and Nicobar Islands, uh, to all the way to places like Bhopal and, and Jaipur, Bilaspur, Bangalore, Dekanar. So it's, it's pretty much the entire spread of India, which is fantastic. But what we're going to do is we're going to probably aggregate that state level and then look at um, district level data to see can we draw any correlations from this. So that's our pilot. Uh, and it's been an interesting journey so far. Uh, Our idea is obviously to suppress the false positives, correlate with local information, and then start building a model. We'll be soon launching our own portal uh, where you can probably publicly access this data um, and get a sense of what's happening in the various states of India with regards to dengue, Malaria, and Chikungunya. I'll keep you posted on that progress. I think disease surveillance uh, is a very important aspect of our lives because Given the state of healthcare in India and given our public infrastructure, I think it's slightly difficult for us to be present everywhere all the time. And that's why disease surveillance is a, is a very important topic. Uh, it's not an urgent topic, you know, it's not as urgent as the COVID wards that were set up during the height of the pandemic. Uh, because malaria, you know, though it's omnipotent and omnipresent, it is not as acute as, as COVID. But I think disease surveillance through these digital methods will give us some insights. At the end of the day, you know, we're all we're all men and women of science. And science means we have to run experiments, and not all experiments succeed. There's a chance that we will end up with nothing. But at the same time, the journey is the reward. I think those of us who are involved in it, we feel the sense of something big and something positive that's coming out, a value to society and a value to the government. So I'll keep you posted on the success or the failure of this project. At the same time, if you want to get involved, you know where to reach me. You can email me at drvikram at healthcare-in-india.net. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at drvikram. And in case you want more information, insights, uh, do visit our website, www.healthcare-in-india.net for up-to-date information on a lot of key areas in healthcare, including disease surveillance. So this is Dr. Vikram uh, signing off for today, for this episode, the 10th episode. Thank you for this journey. Thank you for your patronage. Apologies for missing my Sunday deadline, but it's important that I got you the most accurate data that we had on the disease surveillance pilot. Thank you, stay safe, stay healthy.